So, so um, were, were you planning on going to the ball of sweetness? Well, I might, you know, if the right guy were to ask me. Oh. So, do you have a date already? <laughs> oh, do I have a date? <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> so, do you have a date? No. But, but... You know what? I just had the craziest idea. <laughs> um, it's regarding the ball. I, I was wondering. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. The name on my birth certificate says Aaron. And the tattoo on my tongue says that my name is Adam. You have a tattoo on your... Never mind. <laughs> yeah, that seems like the worst place to get a tattoo, doesn't it? I I hear that the ones on the inside of the lip go away after a while. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. they dissolve. That's probably bad, because that's ink is just going into your body and your system. I don't know if... Uh, the people who get tattoos on the inside of their mouth really care if it's bad for them. I think they just don't think they're, that's their concern. I guess that's a fair point. Their concern is the man keeping them down. Yeah, well, uh, this episode is all about showing signs of affection for other people and stuff like that. So maybe if it's uh, you put the name of your loved one underneath your lip. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Yes, so this is a great episode. An episode written by Keenan, Nick Cannon, and somebody else, right? Yep, his name is Mason Gordon. And the episode is episode 21 of season three, Who Loves Who? Yeah, and one of my favorites. One of my favorites. One of the most in-touch episodes. We, we've talked about, like, emotional core ones of the show, and this is on that list. Yeah, this is definitely uh, one to remember. So if you haven't seen it in a little bit, um, good news for you. It's not on Paramount Plus, so, so cancel <laughs> your subscription because they've done nothing but leave out end scenes for me. I believe that's because of the uh, the music that's involved. Uh, Usually if, if right. there's some you're big right. licensing music stuff, they, they pull up. Paramount Plus, I apologize. Please get me back on your subscription. Um, you can find this episode, or at least four-fifths of the screen worth of this episode on daily motion yeah sometimes their exports aren't that great as you pointed out this is a crazy writing team that's behind this one yeah so i looked it up nick cannon and mason gordon wrote another uh, pair uh, episode together not of keenan and kel though of cousin skeeter oh. and kind of right around the same era of time but this is the only thing that keenan in his entire career has ever been credited for writing really yeah, which, which is crazy. I mean, like, I guess he's known as an improv oh, comedian well, and stuff I like mean, that. I mean, he but. probably has contributed to many skits on SNL. Absolutely. But he doesn't get the credits for the episode. Yeah, he, right? he doesn't write the stuff beforehand. But he might, you know, he might. He might set up, like, a scene, or but he doesn't get the credit for... It's crazy, because after seeing this, I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm curious what the situation was, because Nick Cannon at this time was, like, 19. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get the lowdown on Mason Gordon. Keenan's, like, in his early 20s. So, like, what's... I think they just, I mean, it's episode 21 of season three, so I think they're like, let's give these guys some creative liberty. And I think, I don't know about Nick, I don't know what Nick Cannon was doing at this point, but I know he was in another, maybe they were friends, probably. I think he was singing and dancing. Right. <laughs> As a male deliverer. Well, that is that is how this how he enters the picture here. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Nick Cannon comes dressed in like a, a blue suit kind of deal. 
Um, and he sings a, a song, uh, which goes something to the tune of, I have a mi message for Mr. Kel Kimball. It might just give you pimples. I hope it makes your day fine and dandy. Please enjoy some flowers and candy. And he sings this in like a very like a nasally voice. Yeah, and he looks like a, a bellhop. Yeah, he's one of those uh, those telegram people, I think is, is the bit. Yeah, we need these back. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess... I mean, especially with, like, pandemic and everything, they should have had these people going around to front doors and delivering cheer. There should have been caroling happening, like, in <laughs> yeah. the middle of the summer. Nowadays, it's kind of like that celebrity-type deal uh, online. What's the, the website called? Cameo? You ever see this? No. Cameo is an app where you can see some of your favorites, like, actors and actresses. Do do bits for like your friends as gifts. Oh, that's cool. It's like that, except I need something in person. Yeah, it, it's a little sad because it, it's it's like very it's secondary characters like the guy that plays like Kevin on The Office. Oh, nice. <laughs> you, you're, you're talking talking smack about Brian Bumgarten. <laughs> I I'm just saying that I it, I think it might be like unfortunate to like reenact the chili scene every week for some fans hey, <laughs> or something that'd be like if we redid a podcast the our most listened to <laughs> podcast diamonds are for roger no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we go back and do that one no it'll be this one um and then uh after nick cannon delivers the message hands the flowers and candy to kel he says i hate my life and then walks off stage <laughs> which is one of the most like i said this episode was down to earth one of the most teenage appropriate things you could say <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that, that's 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 really funny. He does it so well. We've seen Nick Cannon as a as a like a student in the school before, but this is the first time where he like seems to do a, like a bit, a little bit, yeah. Um, and then uh, we learn that Kel uh, has a secret admirer. That's where this gift came from. He's he's very excited to have that secret admirer. Um, even though he does not know what one is. Uh, he does not know what a secret admirer is. Keenan's just like, I feel like you're going to find out. We have a lot of work to do this episode, or something along those lines. Come on, Spanky. Yeah, he's, and Kel says, what do you mean work to do? I'm unemployed. <laughs> unemployed Kel is <laughs> off to the races. Uh, this is this is a unique intro scene because it's the first time we're... He calls him Kel Kimball on stage. That's true. I think it's the first time we've ever mentioned what their their last names are on stage. Because so, sometimes I feel like they're just Keenan and Kel on stage. Oh. They're halfway between Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell and their show counterparts. Yeah, and, and the curtain's like a portal to another world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also we haven't mentioned their outfits yet. Kel's is unremarkable. We've seen this kind of sweater vest type thing before. All right. Adam, I can only see half their outfits. That's why I didn't oh. say anything. <laughs> okay. I can't see the lower half. Um, Keenan's wearing a leather jacket. Underneath that, it's all yellow. It's, I, I, see, I see that. Yeah, yeah. Yellow shirt, yellow pants. Oh, man. I'm, I'm missing the yellow pants. <laughs> I, would complete, I, I felt, figured he was wearing jeans. <laughs> nope. He just had a dad outfit on. No. He looks like a, like a, a Dr. Seuss character with a leather oh, jacket. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Uh, well, speaking of outfits, let's get into the this, uh, this show. That's all about Secret Admirers. Not just Kel's story, but also Keenan's story. That's right. So enter stage middle. We have uh, Sharla stacking boxes and Keenan sweeping in Rigby's, our favorite corner store in Chicago. She has like a Paddington hat on. Right. And she's not stacking. She's dusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's got like a literal like feather duster. Yeah. From the movies. <laughs> An old woman enters, our favorite old woman from season three. Um, and she asks Keenan, excuse me, young man. Is it cold outside? <laughs> He goes, I don't, you just, you're the one who just came from outside. I see. 
Then she says thank you and leaves. Yep, and that's it. <laughs> that's the last. That's the last we see of her. I I love how that frustrated Keenan gets with her. <laughs> his just, patience level is zero. He's just like waving his arms like in, in frustration as, as she leaves. So we already have a lot of characters. We have Nick Cannon. We have this old lady. We have Sharla is here, and then Chris enters. So everybody's here. Um, Chris is cutting out early. Because he has... Cut up the rug. He's about to cut a rug at the Funk Bus tryouts. Yes, do you recall when we last heard of Funk Bus? No, not... Uh, there was a Funk Bus poster in the uh, the, the bathroom of, of Chris and, and Chris's mom. Oh, no. Was there? Yes. Oh, yes. in, like, the pink bathroom? Uh-huh. And we no were, like, asking way. ourselves, like, what, what is that? What is Funk Bus? And this episode doesn't describe what Funk Bus is. I think we can only infer that Funk Bus is the most... Whoops. Dropped a cup. Oh. Funk Bus is the most magical uh, funk experience of the 90s. Yeah, I guess so. It must be like a like an MTV TV show type thing. My favorite thing is that funk is out... It's like out of date. <laughs> like it, like it's not really out of date, but it's more so out of date. Like Chris e liking even funk now. makes him a nerd. Yes, exactly. Yeah, R and B is where it's at nowadays in 1999. Right, and to go to the funk tryouts with your with your mother. Well, <laughs> it's very it's very sad. He says to them as he leaves, uh, "I wish you love, and peace, and funk." I was gonna say, I want that on a. Kenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron t-shirt, Adam. <laughs> yeah, at our, at our T-Public store. <laughs> That's right. Check the show notes. <laughs> so um, Kenan then tries to, uh, he kind of tries to make his move because um, as we learned, there is a sweethearts dance this Friday. <laughs> no, this Saturday, actually. This Saturday. Really weird for a school function to have a meeting at like Saturday. Yes. Usually they do it Friday night so the teachers can get out of there for the weekend. <laughs> Yes, and the students don't come up, uh, don't come <laughs> absolutely drunk. <laughs> yeah, isn't, uh, isn't, like, a prom usually on Fridays, too? Yeah, they don't want students to have the whole day to... <laughs> to get to, into trouble before To get into trouble, yeah. This is kind of the, the crux of this episode. It's Keenan and, and Sharla having a lot of conversations where they think they know what the other's talking about and misunderstanding. Also known as the language of love. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it, it really, it feels very, very real. It, yeah. I gotta say. Yeah, I'm telling you, it feels down to earth. So Keenan's like, so Charla, are you going to the the dance this Saturday? And Charla says, well, I might if the right guy asked me. A and then she goes, Keenan, well, do you have a date? And he's like, oh, do I have a date? Oh, of course, of course I, of course I have a date or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they just immediately deflates. No, he, he deflects. Yeah, def he says no at first. He is really shy around Charlotte because obviously he's got the feelings. Which is uh, hasn't been super established beforehand. I, I mean, we happy B day Mark. He alluded to it, like when he thought he was disguised as a ninja to her. He was like, "Oh, what have you ever? What about this Keenan fellow? He seems like a, a handsome gentleman. You might want to date." And but that's it. Like we haven't seen anything from Charlotte this whole sh show. Uh, they've just had a very kind of, you know, and she's usually pretty snarky. In this episode, she's very uh, kind of, uh, maybe demure is the word for it. Well, I feel like the writers, normal writers of Keenan and Cal, are geared towards a younger audience. Like, 12. 
<laughs> but I I think that when these guys get a hold of this, they're going for like the 14 to 16. You know what I mean? Like they're going yeah. for like the romantic state. Because like a teen drama, if you ever watch one, like a modern one, it's just like people who look like they're they're 25 and they're all just like always shirtless and they're just like romance but uh the, the, then there's like a huge difference between that and a kid show yeah I, I i agree with that too and i guess it's not these writers fault that like charlotte's been hasn't dropped any hints along the way their premise is just hey this is a like a basically like a valentine's day special kids ha- understand that right start off with feelings yeah right yeah i guess i can uh, happily move past that so uh keenan seems to be getting ready to ask ask her out so he's like you know do you have a date and it, uh, well uh you know if uh it, i was wondering maybe and of course they're interrupted by kel right so uh kel comes in uh and he has a giant present he has to wheel it in on a dolly it's like seven feet tall. It's octagonal box. Very large box. Uh, he just whips this box off. It's from his uh, secret admirer. And what does it say on it? <laughs> I have to say that this scene is posted a lot on Keenan and Cal fan pages. Like this one comes up pretty frequently. So <laughs> I didn't write down, but the letter says, uh, To my love burst, <laughs> to quench his mighty thirst. Yeah, and uh, it's a giant bottle of orange soda. Yeah, uh, a Food Lion brand orange soda bottle. <laughs> it is. It is very clearly Food Lion brand. Um, the and- bottom half seems to be like a prop, but the top half is real orange soda. It definitely looks like orange soda or orange beverage. Um, Cal gets so excited, he gives Keenan a big hug. He's running around, and then he starts shaking it, shaking it. Uh, and and then Keenan's like, no, that's a carbonated beverage. Don't shake it. Oh, Cal, no, no, don't open it. And of course, there's a a fountain that pops out, and Cal is just having a great time dancing in the orange soda rain once again. Yeah, he's having he's having the time of his life. There's a really great uh, YouTube clip of um, Cal Mitchell rewatching the scene years later, and he's like hyping himself up. Yeah, that is a great scene. He, he calls it out. I like, I'm doing like these like Michael Jackson like dance moves <laughs> as as he dances and gets coated with orange soda. So it's it's an awesome set piece. It's a great set piece and probably one that should go in the Keenan Nickel uh, museum one day when they make it. <laughs> yeah, it's this is an interactive exhibit. Like you can shake up the bottle. Do you think they're gonna clip our podcast and put it in, in different scenes? <laughs> the archives. Well, Maybe they'll get us to do like a guided tour. Like, like the oh, audio yeah. tour. That's actually perfect for us. Yeah, we can, <laughs> yeah. We'll just re- release it as an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll do the we, we'll do the walking. T- yeah, yeah. We we've got an email <laughs> to read later this in this episode about what happens post when we run out of episodes. That'd be a great episode for us to do. Just the guided tour. Of I and love Cal. it. Yeah, definitely. We'll make our own layout. <laughs> you can it, you can design the HVAC system. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess so. This is coming together way too fast. I'm hosting in Chicago. We'll have a snack bar at the end. Or Florida or California. Orlando would be real fine, locations. yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, that's the end of that scene, first scene. Uh, we go to the Rockmore residence where Keenan's watching TV. And Kel enters with his backpack and overalls. <laughs> yeah, he wears this, this kooky outfit. I think it's right before school. And he found a flyer that he gives to Keenan. A Chekhov's flyer for all you storytellers out there. Something that isn't important right now, but will come into play later on. Right, exactly. Um, uh, meanwhile, Kel pulls a giant lollipop out of his pocket, and he tries to open, take the plastic off by biting it. And the rest of the scene is Kel trying to 
take the plastic off of this uh, this lollipop. <laughs> Which is fun because Keenan's also doing funny stuff in like the foreground. So it's good Keenan and Kel because they're both being very funny. Yeah, I gotta say this. I. I, this is in the running, in my opinion, for one of the best written episodes. Well, that's what I've been saying. It's so, it's so like, gets the characters so right because Keenan and, like, young people wrote it. Because it's like, what would young people do? It's not written, but this episode's not written by adults. We haven't seen them yet, but, like, you know, I, I think Keenan's parents are on point. They're, like, written great. Chris is, uh, is awesome this episode. Yep, everybody's in full form. Yeah, peak form. Exactly. And so this scene, it, it captures that because Kel's doing this slapstick gig in the background with some, a couple funny comments. And then Keenan's, like, doing this she loves me, she loves me not kind of yeah. <laughs> soliloquy. <laughs> He asked Kel, say you were a girl, like Sharla, would you go to the dance with me? <laughs> and Kel's just like, you know, are you asking me to dress up like Sharla and be your date for the dance? <laughs> He's like, no, you're missing the point. That would totally be a plot of an episode, which is the funny thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, Kel tries to uh, take the plastic off with scissors and then he gets mad. And then he, he walks to the kitchen and he like points to the lollipop and he's all angry at it and then Keenan sits down and faces you know in, in the chair faces the front door and he's like am I the right guy for Sharla I mean I'm a guy and I have a right hand I'm right handed I mean I think he says yes oh, we, we got a lot of Keenan facts this episode for the for this red sheet oh yeah the first one is that yeah he is right handed the second one is that he is uh, emotionally not intelligent <laughs> no that's Kel's strong suit an emotional delinquent Speaking of Cal, Cal goes into the kitchen to get some tools, and he emerges through, like, the little, um, what's it called, the window with, like, like the a plunger. Like the breakfast bar, yeah, well, he has a plunger. <laughs> Which is, I I was cracking up at Cal just doing stuff this whole episode. Yeah. It's very funny. So he uses, like, the plunger to try and get the, the wrapper off the lollipop. Yep, yep, that's, that's excellent. Great writing right there. At one point, he actually sticks it to the plunger. He, like, su actually suctions it and holds it up for the audience <laughs> to see. Um, and then Keenan's kind of still, he's standing here kind of facing the audience, and he's just like, no, you know what? I'm not the right guy for Sharla. So, so Kel, from the window uh, of the breakfast bar thing, he goes, it's obvious to me that Sharla doesn't like you. And then he closes <laughs> it. And then he closes it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He closes on the plunger. And then, then Keenan's he... like, oh, fuck, yeah, she doesn't like me. Yeah, there's no way she would like me. I know who I'm going to ask to the dance. I'm going to ask Bolinda. <laughs> <laughs> Bolinda, yeah. Yeah, he calls her up angrily as Kel is, like, throwing everything out of the closets looking for something to uh, to open up this lo lollipop with. I do love how Keenan has Belinda's phone number memorized. I guess everyone back in the day used to memorize numbers. But this this random person we've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, and that we'll never see of ever again. That's right. Ke Keenan he exhibits confidence and he he calls her up and he tells her right right away what uh like you know hey you want to go to dance with me? He should have just called up Sharla. You <laughs> would have probably got a lot better, wouldn't it? Yeah, that eye contact messes with your brain. Uh, she says that she is she can't hear him because she's washing her hair, and then Kina goes, "But wait, you're bald headed." <laughs> yeah, the uh, the washing her hair excuse, which is classic. Like I do not want to go on a date with you. <laughs> Talk, but yeah, no, I I like this idea of this teen that's bald. Yes. Named Bolinda. Bolinda. Bald Bolinda. Yeah. Meanwhile. Cal finds what he was looking for in the, in the closet. Yeah, he's he's emptying out the closet. Throwing stuff everywhere. And he finds a baseball bat. And he goes up to Keenan. He says, hold this. Gives him the lollipop. 
And then he does, like, my... One of the, the best comedy, like, physical comedy bits. He winds up the bat, then he, like, spits on it. <laughs> he goes, ah, screams, and does, like... Looks like almost a real, like, wind-up to open this lollipop. Yeah, he does, like, a leg kick, and he swings it, <laughs> and he's trying to get the lollipop open. And Keenan's just like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? And he just, peel, like, easily peels the plastic off. Yeah, and then he gives it to Kel. And, and after, after <laughs> all that... This is the best. After all that, Kel licks the lollipop, and what does he do? He says, ew, rainbow. And then he throws it towards Keenan, who's turned around, and the lollipop hits the back of Keenan's sweater and stays there. Yeah, it just sticks there like glue. I, I've been laughing about this first since like I saw this episode in high school. It's, it's just... <laughs> he... After all that, he licks it and says he judges it based off the way it looked. Yeah, based <laughs> like on his color, rainbow. Something that he he knew from the start when he got the lollipop. <laughs> but it was from a secret admirer, so he had to give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, it stuck to, to Keenan's sweater, and um, that, it stuck there for like the rest of the. The rest of this first half of the episode. That's right. That's right. He tries to grab it off, and he's like tugging at it. He, it's clear. It's really stuck there. Um, and then they <laughs> they cut to school with a little rainbow lollipop transition, uh, and Kel is still pulling on the lollipop. And Keenan's like, "Man, you've been pulling the back of my shirt for the whole trip here." Keenan goes to his locker and starts lamenting. <laughs> I think my favorite Keenan lines of this episode. This is good. This is really good. Because as soon as he starts talking about his feelings, violin music kicks in. Oh, Cupid, why'd you have to shoot your arrow in my heart? Or why'd you have to shoot me in the heart with one of your arrows? I love it because he doesn't say, he doesn't say arrows. He says, arrows. Arrows. <laughs> and, and just turn your back on me. <laughs> then the, uh, the camera pans out. Great work by Virgil Fabian on this one. And you see, right next to him is um, a violinist. Yes, uh, a, a man in a mustache in a tuxedo, playing a violin. Oh, he is there to uh, for Kel to deliver him a poem. Yes, I do not have the poem. Do you? Uh, roses are red, violets are blue. Will you go to the sweethearts dance with me? <laughs> Which I I gotta say I am I am sick to death of that poem in media. <laughs> I think it's been done and undone and just repeated so many times. It's it's a pointless collection of words now. Where's the origin? Oh, that's a that is a great question. Uh, so it's from uh, Edmund Spencer's uh, epic, The Fairy Queen, from 1590. So it is uh, as old as as time itself. It's a Valentine's Day cliche, but it was like a it was a nursery rhyme in the 1700s, and then in the 1800s, Victor Hugo did stuff with it. So oh, it, it's oh got a real history to it. Oh boy, yeah. Somebody should write a book on it. And if they have nothing else to do <laughs> besides funding the Keenan and Kel Museum, you should. <laughs> Adam, if I'm ever a, like a multi-millionaire one day, and, and I have a couple hundred thousand dollars to spare, we're, we're doing this museum. That sounds good to me. I mean, we can. We already have contacts. We'll fund it with the uh, the sale, the merchandise from our uh, from our store, our, our yeah, base, our, our, and our baseball stand oh uh, yeah right we, we have a very multi like, <laughs> like we're developing a multi-level franchise about about keenan and kel fandom 
And, and we're not even we're not even branching into different forms of media. We are are just no. We just have the podcast, <laughs> we, a Twitter, and now we want to want to start multiple businesses around this fandom, <laughs> which would require like a cult following to to, to financially sustain. I, like I, I would agree. Area. Uh, Keenan and Kel fans are amazing, <laughs> but they, I don't know if we know if we have the numbers. Probably not, but maybe we could get like a little tiny, like, like outcove in a uh, Nickelodeon museum. We're in a, we're in the prime position to, um, if there's a reboot that's released, oh, if yeah. they, if they bring back Keenan and Kel, we are, things will be kicking off for us. I, I really hope they do because Keenan did not do it for me. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Back to the show. Uh, we have a we have a return guest or a return character coming on. Uh, it's yes. it's Mark Cram. Oh yeah, and he says, "Oh, a violinist," <laughs> and he gives a big hug, which is funny because he likes nerdy things like I guess uh, first chair instruments. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and luckily for us, he doesn't spell violin. Um, and he goes over to uh, <laughs> he's talking to Cal. He's like, "Oh yeah, we're talking about the sweetheart ball." And he's like, ah, oh, the sweetheart ball. He's like, oh, you didn't get a date? He's like, no, I got one. Yeah. Like, who doesn't have a date? <laughs> I think uh, Mark's used very well this episode. I think so. And things work out well for him. It's a lot of a lot of good feels this episode. That's right. Charlotte enters. She opens her locker, which is right near Keenan's. Um, and Keenan's like, so did that right guy ask you to the ball yet? And she says... No, but I think he's about to. And she gets all excited. And Keenan immediately gets confused. Keenan is has, has very little self-esteem and self-confidence. He does not think that the right guy that she's referring to is him. And so he panics and, and says, Oh, well, uh, I already I got a date. <laughs> and, and then he's like, like, oh, who is it? Yeah, he's like, oh, it's someone. And then Cal's like, press, presses him. Now, what do you mean, someone? What's her name? Then everyone's just like, Mark and and and, and uh, Charlotte. They're all like, yeah, what's what's her name, Keenan? What's her name? And he looks on the wall, and there is a poster, the one that Cal had earlier. It's a picture of Tamia. Keenan goes, I'm going to the dance with R and B songstress Tamia. Yeah, <laughs> and I think everyone says like, Tamia, Tamia, and Mark says, songstress. <laughs> Which I think he says that because he's fascinated by the fact that it's probably not a word. S O N G S T R E S S, song yeah. stress, like a like a song mistress, I guess. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, Cal is fascinated by this new information. He's like, "You know her?" Keenan's like, "Yeah, play play along." And then Cal gets up on the bench and yells, "Hey, everybody! Keenan's going to the sweethearts ball with Tamia." Yeah, and everyone's all, like, interested in that. Uh, everyone, uh, the bell rings, people go to classes. Everyone's interested except for Sharla, yes. who has a very s- sad moment here. She's very hurt. Alexis Fields, who plays Sharla, does a very good job this episode channeling, like, kind of the sadness of a, of a teenage girl. It's great acting. I mean, yeah. it's just sadness in general. Like, come on. Like, like he clearly didn't get the hint. She was trying to, like, do the flirty thing. And Keenan's just so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and she says, yeah, have fun with the ball with Tamiya. And the audience is literally like saying, aw. Yeah, I mean, Keenan just dropped the ball here. Absolutely. He dropped the ball and he told a giant lie that now he has to do something about. I mean, it could have been just the best episode. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> this episode would have been over really quick. They could have just had a bunch of fun at the dance. I I will say that this um this seems like a very uh, 1999 episode because nowadays like they would ask each other out early on and then yeah like you said we would get to all kinds of trouble at the dance itself right and even like even next season we get into like the what's ha- stuff bad stuff happens on a date right like like you know getting there isn't the the big step yeah yeah <laughs> i'm thinking back to all the other keenan romances um <laughs> Like, uh, uh, <laughs> like, like, what's the one in the, the most sweater blues, and then um, doing things the Hemingway. With yeah, doing things the Hemingway comes to mind. Yep. Or, Brenda. Uh, uh, Bri- Brianna. Brianna, sorry. Um, or as he hangs up on the on the sign, Brian. Right, right, right. So Keenan, uh, we do a great cut here. It's the poster. And then the poster cuts into the poster that's in Keenan's hand, and he and he's looking at it. He's in the, his kitchen, looking at it and talking to it, and he's like, <laughs> he says this great line. He's like, you know, oh man, I wanted to go with Sharla. <laughs> no offense to Mia, but I don't know you. Cal shows up. Uh, he, he's ecstatic with uh, the development with Keenan. Yeah, he's been telling everyone apparently. He's been telling everybody. Um, in walks Roger and Cheryl, and they're like, Keenan, why didn't you tell us you're going to the ball with Tamia? And they're like, how did you find out? And apparently they were told by the guy at the ice cream parlor and also the lady at the toll booth. <laughs> and they're like, and Keenan like looks at Kel. He's like, sorry, I might have told them. So Kel's been telling, spreading the word. <laughs> and Roger says an amazing line. Do you have it? I don't say this very much, but I'm very proud of you, son. <laughs> I love when when Roger supports Keenan's romances. <laughs> it like very rarely happens. Well, he's whenever Keenan gets like involved in someone rich or someone famous, right? He's like he's very supportive, very status driven. When he got involved with like his boss's daughter, then like you know, that was a no go. Isn't that funny? Right? Isn't that funny? All Keenan wants is to be rich and famous, and all his dad supports him with huh. is being rich and famous. That's actually a really good point. Like maybe that's where he gets it from. His dad's like you know passions and wants and desires. Well, no child is born at just like has a desire to to like be rich and famous, right? Keenan probably just wants the support of his father. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> And that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I mean, that's why. That's probably why his most prized possession was his uh, autographed Babe Ruth baseball, because not only was had a sentimental value, but it was also valuable and from someone famous. And it worked in the Sandlot, so it might as well work in Keenan and Kel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I, I do want to say that this episode has a lot of callouts to other episodes this season, and it was production episode number three twenty two, which makes me think this is like. This should be the finale to the season. Right. It pays off so much from the whole rest of the show. I think so. They leave the scene because um, Cheryl says, uh, you know, come on, Roger, let's call our relatives and brag about Keenan." <laughs> right, exactly. I, again, with the status and with the... About. And Roger like gives him a big hug and is like, ah! And as soon as Kel starts doing the ah thing, Roger stops and gets mad. Yeah, Kel goes, ah! Right back at him. <laughs> He's all mad. Um, and Keenan turns to Kel. He says, Kel, do you know what this means? Kel, we, we have a little problem. What? Flying saucers have taken over the Earth? And we only have... Thir- they announced that we only have 33 hours to surrender? Uh, this episode aired three years after Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're out of chopsticks? <laughs> it's great second guest. Oh, you have a lollipop stuck to the back of your uh, sweater? <laughs> no! 
Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> what? And then Kel proceeds to rip the lollipop off, and there's a giant hole. There's, like, there's a circle of sweater on the lollipop. <laughs> circle of sweater. A plus Keenan and Kel banter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it's the best. It's the best it's been in a while. Yeah, he says, "Listen," and then Kel like puts his ear up close. Yeah, yeah. He says, <laughs> "I don't know Tamia. Tamia is somebody I do not know." <laughs> yeah. So first, Kel recoils at hearing him being real loud. Then he says, "How did you get her to the dance without her knowing you?" Keenan's just like, "Ah, this person." <laughs> I'm not going to the dance with her. Oh, are you going to call and tell her? Uh, so Keenan has a, a plan. Uh, what is his plan? To go and listen to the flyer, which says that Tamiya is going to be signing records at the Music Mart at 6 o'clock. Do you imagine that this is something artists used to do? Oh, yeah. It's like kind of like a, I know booksellers or like authors do this still nowadays. Oh, they yeah. Like signings and things like that. But I can't imagine like, you know anyone famous having something at least this low-key as this event that we're about to see. Right, right, right. It's low-key, <laughs> but she definitely has her security there. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so, um, we go to the Music Mart. The Music Mart. Well, we, we've been here before. Oh, for the speakers. Yes, this is the speaker store that uh, in uh, the, the limo. Oh. So it's been fit up. Again, it's it's paying off a lot of other stuff this season. Yeah, very cool. So Keenan and Keller are just waiting in line here. They got CDs. And Keenan's just like trying to act all cool. Uh, he accidentally throws his CD at Cal. Yeah, he and yeah, he, he's playing with the rope and he accidentally lets it go. I, I, this is a great exchange. He says, "So Cal, what do you think the chances are of Tamia going to the, the, this dance with me?" Cal says, "Is there a number before zero? <laughs> Real funny line. Cal uh, gets another gift from a secret admirer that he opens up here. Uh, what's this gift? Underwear." With red hearts on it. Yep. Giant underwear that Kel proceeds to put on the outside of his, not just outfit, the outside of his overalls. Yeah, and he's like, it should, it should be all outerwear. This looks, why doesn't everyone do this? Yeah. Underwear. <laughs> it works perfectly fine as outerwear. He looks ridiculous. Uh, th- th- this line that he's about to say feels like a very Nick Cannon line. I don't know how to ex- ex- explain it. But he says uh, to Keenan. So, Keenan, I told a lot of people uh, that you were going to dance with Tamiya, so uh, get her to say yes, because I don't look like a fool. Yeah. <laughs> As he describes while wearing out underpants outside his clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really know Nick Cannon's style, but it, it does, it, it, it's a little bit... <laughs> Maybe I'm just highlighting something that Cal doesn't normally say. Yeah, it's kind of out of character for Cal, because Cal doesn't really care about what other people think of him. <laughs> yeah, so that, it's weird to have that in a line of the dialogue. So they approach Tamiya. And uh, and Keenan's trying to act all cool. Um, and so he's just like, oh, hi, well. And then he, he just, like, takes a CD and he's like, makes a hand motion. And he actually like, throws it behind him. <laughs> and yeah, everybody and he, turns and looks. And she's all, uh, don't, don't be nervous. So he's like, nervous? What are you talking about, nervous? And he just clears the table of all the CDs that are stacked on it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's this this bodyguard who's seven feet tall and has to be like 375 pounds. <laughs> yeah, he, he is uh, enormous. And and he's got some very good bits of coming up here. So Keenan asked Tamiya out. I said, would you like to go with me to the Sweetheart Ball this Saturday? And she goes, uh, I don't really know if I can. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know you. Right. And, and Keenan uh, proceeds to give like a, a 
basically an elevator pitch dating profile to her. He goes, oh, well, uh, I like bike riding, poetry, I'm afraid of storms. What? Uh, my favorite color is plaid. Uh, and he's a Taurus. We know what, uh, what months of the year that Keenan was born in. All right. And we learned he's light, right, right-handed, so. Which one is Taurus? Isn't that, like, end of year? April 21st to May 20th. Wow. Can you remove the part where I said, is that end of year? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. I'm sorry, everybody. My, one of my students asked me, uh, Mr. Lemma, what's your sign? And I said, I will never tell you because <laughs> that's not real. <laughs> I said something like... <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like I I'm not playing this game. <laughs> I, I I also just looked it up. Keenan Thompson is a, a Taurus, so okay. that's probably where it's inspired from. Born May 10th. My students tried to then guess, and they were wrong. Like, <laughs> like this is why this is stupid because you can't. It doesn't mean anything about who I am. Yeah, yeah. If you were to say like, oh yeah, I'm a Cancer, and they, they would be all like, you know, oh yeah, oh, yeah that, that makes sense. No, okay. Astrology is kind of interesting, and and like, there's definitely like interesting stuff about it. As a science teacher, I have to, <laughs> yeah, I have right. To, I have to be like, guys, cool. We explore a lot of different philosophies and stuff like that on this show. Yes. yes. <laughs> this is our turn to take a whack at astrology. Astrology. Okay. He's a Taurus. What does that mean about him, Adam? Taurus. Bull. Keenan's a bull in a china shop, which is basically what he just did. Uh, also, Chicago bulls. That's an interesting... There you go. It was born to happen. Out there. Uh, strengths. Re- reliable, patient, practical, devoted, responsible, stable. Okay. All of these are not <laughs> Keenan. <laughs> Weakness, stubborn, possessive, uncompromising. All those. That's all, all of the weaknesses. Yeah, no, I, I would not call Keenan uh, reliable or uh, responsible. I would call him practical, though. Kel or, or Keenan goes like, no, no, you don't understand. You got to go to the dance. And he goes to, like, grab her or, like, to touch her face all romantically. Um, and, and, then, and the bodyguard stop, puts an end to that. Yeah. He says, uh, time's up. Move along, boys, in a very commanding voice. And then Keenan kind of moves aside. He's like, oh, okay. And then Kel goes, Keenan, I got this. And then Kel stands <laughs> up to this bodyguard. He's at least a, a foot and a half shorter than him, or maybe a foot. And he goes, listen up. Don't make me come up there. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's like staring him down, but the part that he's staring down is like the middle of his chest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's funny. And, and this, this guy is just like, and Kel's just like... Trying to, like, get all, like, oh, yeah, you think you're big? Or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he poses to do some, like, karate or something like that, and the guy immediately just picks Kel up and lifts him. Yeah, he just lifts him away. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, this gives Keenan some more time with Tamiya. And uh, he sa- he uh, does what he should do all the time and is honest with her. Yeah. He says, look, I just thought that I, I really like this girl, Sharla, and she's going with a special guy to the dance. <laughs> but nice try, Keenan. Um, so I wanted to go with somebody really special to show her that maybe there's something special about me. Yeah, it, it's a very emotional bit. Really sweet. <laughs> really really powerful scene from Keenan here. And it's funny because he thinks that, like, in reality... Oh, actually, let, let's... Uh, first, um, Tamiya is kind of won over by this because uh, Keenan goes to leave and she says, no, no, that... That's real romantic of you to do. Sure, I'll go with you. Really? Yeah, and then Keenan Keenan kind of wins here. Uh, yeah, as Kel he is does. being held up by his underwear. 
on the outside of his over overalls. And I gotta say that unfortunately, what Keenan's actually done in this episode is done exactly what he was afraid of being done to him. He was afraid uh, Charlotte was gonna be with some awesome dude, and then like, and he would feel like uh, jealous and stuff like that. And now he's basically doing the like two, he's trying to two wrongs to make a right this. So what you're saying, Adam, is that his fears and insecurities manifested in him. <laughs> creating the fears and insecurities on somebody else. He projected his own inadequacies and created a situation that did not need to exist. They became his reality. Exactly. <laughs> because of his own undoing. That's yeah, right. That's exactly what happens. And uh, and then he tells the truth to this random stranger, which is often easier to do than telling the truth to somebody that you know well. In the same way that he called uh, Belinda <laughs> and got a, like, you know, asked her out, no problem. That's right. So I think some subliminal messages are really being sent through this episode. It's actually very good writing. And what's happening is that <clears throat> we're being told, okay, first off, kids, don't ask somebody to the dance that you don't know, right? It's a good idea. I mean, you can, but yes, like, it's a good no, idea to absolutely. know them first, right? That means you have to be like friends with them. Okay, not a bad idea. Um, Second, the best way to get to know somebody is to be honest. Yeah, I agree. And then third, people are probably going to like you for telling the truth. These are great lessons. Good things will happen to you if you tell the truth. Yeah, if you tell the truth and if you... Not, not the best, me not, not a fully accurate message, but I agree with it. <laughs> I yeah, mean, they're subliminal messages, though, and I think they're, I think they're uh, yeah, on point. And that's because they're coming from young people and not creepy old men who like feet. Sorry, sorry, Dan. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely correct. I mean, like that's just the reality. Like if we had kids writing TV shows, they'd be more about what kids want to see on TV. You know, it's crazy because yeah, Nick Cannon and Keenan were both younger than we are now when they yeah. got this writing credit for the show. Right, but they wrote they they're like a few years ahead of the characters they're writing. Right. So they can look back like eight years, six, eight years. Yeah. So, so my high schoolers, it's funny. Like I asked them in biology class to like tell their life story. And then they tell me their story and the things they highlight are not the things that I would highlight because they're, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, you know, like their time frames way shorter. And give, and give them five years to look back and like, I can't believe I, I did that thing. And then five years from then it's the same. And that's why I get so frustrated when like school administrators don't ask students what they actually want. <laughs> because you're try you're so far removed from what's important to these kids, but they're not. And, and that's a big uh, I know that's a big problem with uh, with TV shows nowadays, mm -hmm. especially when they do teenagers and and teenage experience stuff like that. Because the writers of this, the like kind of forty plus year olds yeah. that are, are writing t kids TV, uh, this teen TV are out of touch. They don't know what it's like anymore. Right. They still think that uh, bullies wear like Letterman jackets. Yeah. <laughs> And even if they had kids, even if they had kids, a lot of times they don't, like, really understand how dynamics work in the school. They'll just hear stuff, and then they'll think about it, and they'll try to write about it, but you don't really know, right? So I just think there's so much value in, you know, the people who are actually represented in these shows to be, like, you know, giving input or at least sharing stories, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We go to Rigby's. And uh, some crazy stuff is about to happen vi visually on screen. <laughs> uh, first of which, uh, Sharla is uh, very depressed. Yeah, she's very sad. She's slumped over. She's eating ice cream out of a carton. 
Uh, yeah, big big mood here. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, meanwhile, Keenan is all dressed up with his Rigby's apron on. He takes the apron off, um, and he's like, Char- so, Sharla. I can't wait for my date with Tamia. I'll be seeing you there. He just doesn't get it. Well, first of all, I, Keenan's outfit. I can't, I can't not say anything about it. <laughs> he is dressed like Dracula. <laughs> 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 He has this, he has this like black shirt, like a black collared like button down shirt, uh, but the buttons are giant like, like pewter brass, <laughs> like buttons. His collar is almost like popped in a way. It's it's enormous, and the way it, it's shaped on Keenan at this era makes him look evil, <laughs> evil and like like almost like coffin shaped, <laughs> like he's large and broad and wide. It is, it is something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's all like buttoned up to the top. Um, mm-hmm. And then he said, it, it, she goes, Charlotte goes, you're actually going to the dance with Tamiya? Like, yeah. And Keenan's like, like, if I was lying, then there'd be a giant seven foot tall polar bear walking up behind me. Uh, the door opens up and a polar bear enters. Uh, but this polar bear is being held by Kel. A stuffed polar bear from his secret admirer, who he still has not met. No, according to the polar bear message, they'll uh, they'll meet at the punch bowl at eight thirty, which is <laughs> so, kind of cool. Like, okay, Cal. Yeah, uh, Cal is dressed in the blue Dumb and Dumber tux. Yep. <laughs> Essentially, like 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 pretty close representation of that. He's got a matching like powder blue hat on and a red rose. Um, and then Chris comes out, <laughs> and who is who is puts all their outfits to shame. Oh yeah, he's got this leopard print shirt. He's got this like. Like the rubber, not the rubber, the uh, like plastic leather. leather jacket, you know, like yeah. the really shiny one. And then he's got these like little seven-year-old Hot Wheels sunglasses with the <laughs> with the yellow. Yeah, and he's got a boombox over his shoulder, and uh, he says, uh, "He says, let me hear you say oh," which no one replies to. <laughs> he says, "Let me hear you say oh," and <laughs> and he puts down the boombox, hits play, and says. Watch me bust a movement. (laughs) (laughs) And Chris proceeds to bust several movements. He does. He's busting movements. Uh, I gotta say, uh, versus uh, Happy B-Day Mark, this music is, like, ten times better. Ten times better. It's probably why it's not on Paramount Plus, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and then while Chris is dancing, Kel is spanking the polar bear. (laughs) Along to the beat, he's spanking this uh, polar bear. Kel is in full form this episode. (laughs) Outstanding Kel performance. Would you believe that in this episode, Kel has accomplished one of his life goals? No. Uh, as near as, as as possible, I would say. Not exactly to a T, but uh, his life goals established in episode three, doing things the Hemingway, is that he wanted to spank a walrus. <laughs> so well, that I, is pretty darn close. I think this is the closest we're going to get. I'm going to give it to him. Spanking a stuffed polar bear. That is pretty close. It should have been a walrus, because that would have been more funny. <laughs> I, I I agree. They didn't know what made true on that. Keenan like looks at him when he does this, and you can see him like turn away and like just try not to laugh. Yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> and then uh um, a- anyways, Keenan then slides Chris's boombox off of the counter, the power counter. Uh, ending the funk era at Rigby's. But Chris will not let that stop him. He is ready to go bust another movement with his mother. He and his mother got onto Funk Bus, whatever that means. Yeah, they got onto the bus. 
Yeah, I'm glad that while the stance is going on, he and his mom are having a fun time. Chris is standing off to the side, holding his broken boombox. And then Keenan and Kel uh, are like, okay, well, we better go to the dance. Keenan turns around and says, okay, Charlotte, see you at the dance. And she says that she's not going. And, uh, and Keenan's like, what? Why not? And she says, the special guy asked somebody else out. I guess he didn't want to go with me after all. And uh, Keenan's like, you know, suddenly having second thoughts. He's like, well, if that was going to happen, then I would have. But Kel grabs his arm and pulls him out anyway. He's like, come on, we got to go. We're going to be late. Keenan just lets Kel drag him out because mm-hmm. he's kind of like doesn't know what to do. And Charlotte looks very upset. Great acting by uh, Alexis here. Because, yeah, once Keenan hears that, he's like, oh, man, what a what a jerk that guy is. Kel grabs the polar bear and like rides it like a like a cowboy might ride a horse out. When Chris leaves, he does this like he keeps doing this bit of like funk bus baby. Which seems like a like a love shack baby type type thing. Kinda, yeah. Uh, so they all leave Charlotte alone, who's munching on ice cream. Uh, but who enters Rigby's? None other than Keenan's date, Tamia. Yes. Uh, I'm not gonna ask how Tamia knew that he worked at Rigby's. Uh, it, that's one of those mysteries. Isn't like, it obvious? The- <laughs> Everybody knows Keenan works at Rigby's. And maybe she followed the uh, the the trail of pe- of people that Kel told that he was going out with Tamia. P- perhaps, perhaps, or it's just convenient. So she walks up and she sees Charla and she's like, "Hey, is Keenan here?" And she's like, "You're Tamia." And uh, she unfortunately says, she says that, "Ah, uh, oh, man, I missed him." I wanted to tell him that I can't make it. And then Charlotte's like, oh no, he's going to be heartbroken. And Tamiya says, wait, you're Charlotte, right? Because Keenan had told her, like, right. you know, oh, this girl that I work with. And uh, we've smartly cut away as, like, you know, hearts and stuff. We go to the dance. Tamiya starts telling Charlotte what Keenan said about Charlotte. And this is it's just a really sweet moment um, because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wait, there maybe there's still hope. Um and maybe Keenan's error isn't so horrible. Um, I do want to say era. his error. Yeah, <laughs> I do want to say the fact that Sharla said, "Oh no, he'll be heartbroken." When she's heartbroken, oof, she really cares about him. No, it's that it's that same feeling, mm-hmm. like kind of between the two of them. Ah, uh, the dance is going on. I think this is like a gymnasium set. Is what they're going for. Yeah, too light. It's too light. But I guess you can only do so much with the studio. It's got a pink and blue and, like, indigo stripes on the walls. It's really hard to describe this because (laughs) I've seen so many rooms like it in my life. (laughs) Realistic, I guess, is the word for it. It's like a middle school gym. Uh, There's too many lights on. There's balloons everywhere. Uh, There are cupids on the wall. They're playing acceptable funk music. And then the DJ goes, this next song's for Keenan. It's by Tamiya, and it's called Imagination because that's the only way that he's that Tamiya's gonna show up tonight. <laughs> Something along those lines. Yeah. As in Keenan, if you think Tamiya's showing up, you've got a great imagination. Yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. Uh, this is why it's blocked, because they pl- literally play Tamiya's song, Imagination. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Keenan is freaking out. It's like, it's been a half hour. She hasn't shown up. She's not gonna be here. He, and he's like, I'm the only person without a date. Uh, Mark Cran runs up with his date. Uh, and we see that Mark Cran is... <laughs> He's bonds with Kel because he and him are wearing the same suit. Same exact, yeah, same exact tuxedo. Uh, mine is the hat, must say. How would you describe uh, Mark's state? Um, looks like if there was, like, an episode where there was, like, a supermodel <laughs> coming in, like, this is the actress that would play that. She's, like, young, but she's also, like, gives off supermodel vibes. Yeah, especially with her name. <laughs> I think it's uh, Amani. Yeah, Amani. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's like, oh. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, and it's with Mark, this nerdy guy, and he's all like, Let, "Let's go, D A N C E." Yeah, that's a great, great Mark line, great Mark callback. Yeah. And then we finally meet Kel's secret admirer. Yes. Um, <laughs> for those playing at home, uh, I I think when I first watched this, I'm like, I'm, this, it's got to be Kyra, right? Right. She's older now. She's like tall, <laughs> and like you know, maybe maybe the, their relationship will finally like mature to like from a crush to something bigger. Uh, but no, it is not Ky- Kyra. Who is Kel's date? It is the greatest writing in the history of Nickelodeon. It's the old lady. <laughs> yes. The I see lady. <laughs> that we first saw, like in the very first first line of this episode was from her. And uh, and here she is. She's been admiring Kel. That, maybe that's why she keeps coming into Rigby's, playing dumb, because mm-hmm. she's lovestruck. And yeah, maybe she's not so great in person, but she sends all like sweetheart letters and stuff like that I, i'll you know i we'll, we'll teach this like you know g and say like it's, it's like it's a crush type thing because cal seems to be into entertaining this old lady i feel like she's just an, like an older widow and she has a bunch of money and she like sees this <laughs> this handsome young guy and she's like okay let's go let me go to the dance with him yeah it's i think it was fun for her and kel mm-hmm. i i agree it, it's one of those bits that like all that has bits like this too all the time but like the the 70 years her, her junior thing doesn't doesn't fly as much nowadays no 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 but, definitely not yeah but. no uh, it's it's a it's a funny payoff bit and they go and kel's excited because he's like hey at least I, I have a date and he goes dancing with her right uh what what does she say she says like um, oh, oh, oh. Ke- Keenan says to her, Kel, she's an old lady. And Kel goes, I see. <laughs> yeah, or something like that, right? Kel says, you're just mad that your date didn't show up. And then the right. old lady says, you mean Tamiya didn't show up? I oh, see. Right, right, right. <laughs> so even she knew that about Tamiya. Uh, so Keenan's kind of like, oh, man, this night can't get any worse. And then who shows up? His parents. <laughs> yes, uh, they just came to get a, a picture. And they're, they're dressed the nines as well. Yep. They came to get a picture of him and Tamiya. And he's all like, my parents can't be here. That's embarrassing. And he says to someone like, hey, I, don't, I don't know these folk. Yeah. And then they're, they're just like, oh, that is embarrassing. You, you want to dance anyways? And then they're like, yeah, let's just for a little bit. And so then they go and dance at Keenan's school dance. Yeah. Roger specifically says, like, you know, let's dance the night away. And well, okay. Yeah. So Keenan is, is, is in terrible shape right now. Until Charlotte rolls up. In her Rigby's apron. Yes, she's dressed normally. Uh, or normally for 1999. She, she's doing this weird, like, like hair thing. It still bugs me. Yeah, she got, like, pigtails up, up the f- towards the front of her <laughs> like, head. Like, on her temples, she has, like, two small pigtails. Yeah. No, it's all right. It's cool 90s, 90s do. Yeah. Yeah, but then she's, like, she comes in with the apron, rips off the apron, because he's like, no one wants that. And she tells her that, like, uh, to me, it would came to the store, she's not going to make it. And she told me everything. And, and Keenan goes, oh, everything. And his hands start shaking as he's drinking some punch, he, spilling it everywhere. He steals the punch glass from someone. <laughs> and then he says, then he says, um, uh, but boy, would you look at that, look at that Kel and that old lady. <laughs> as he watches the dance. <laughs> yeah, he's very nervous. Charlotte puts his um, worries to rest because she says to him that you were the special guy all along. He realizes his confusion and it was all a big misunderstanding. The DJ slows things down. And then Keenan walks towards center stage with Sharla. And they start to slow dance as the DJ says, that doesn't look like Tamiya. And Keenan yells, mind your business. <laughs> yes. 
And uh, once again, to cap off the really great writing, Keenan says to her, would you like to dance? And she says, I thought you would never ask. I don't think Keenan and Kel gets like much sweeter than that. Yeah, that was pretty great. Besides like maybe like the Christmas episode, but that is that is real. It's a heart warmer. Real heart warmer. Yeah, he got the girl in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but take notes, kids. <laughs> Just ask. The worst she could say is, no, you're a loser. I never want to see you again. <laughs> the worst she could say is, uh, I'm washing my hair, even if she's bald-headed. That's right. They go on stage, and you know it's good energy, because the crowd is like is loving it, and Kel's still dancing like crazy. Yeah, and he he's dancing so hard, it looks like he hurts himself. <laughs> like, actually. <laughs> yeah, it does. They just play it off like nothing happened. He's like, oh, this is this is awesome, great nights. But I wish I, I heard Tamiya sing. And then uh, Tamiya starts singing mm-hmm. from somewhere. And then she opens the curtain, and it's her singing her song, Imagination. Yes. Uh, Aaron, do you know what R&B stands for? Rhythm and blues. Yes, good. <laughs> I did not know that before. Oh, <laughs> come on, Adam. <laughs> oh, man, you're not I, I had to look it up. Oh, no. Because even in this outro, she's, she's announced as R&B songstress Tamiya. Yeah, songstress. I don't know what that means, really. <laughs> Somebody who sings and writes songs. Mistress of just, songs. Just sings. Um, anyways, Tamiya sings. She comes out on stage. Everybody's cheering. Keenan's like, facing the other direction, scratching his face. He doesn't see her. <laughs> yeah, he says, uh, Cal, your, your, your impression of Tamiya is, is a little bit horrible. Right. <laughs> he turns around, sees her. She wants to apologize in person. And he says, yeah, actually, here's a way that you can apologize. Want to play a practical joke on a few hundred people? And she goes, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. To me, his acting is, um, I'm going to say par this episode. It's not she's her strong good. suit, but she doesn't have to do much. She's about as good as, uh, the, the guy in the bulls. <laughs> Ron Harper. Yeah. Ron Harper. Except a level like him and Bill Bellamy, too. So, they leave without giving Kel a list. Right. And then Kel's secret admirer shows up and says, you never gave me that foot massage you promised me. Which uh, I, <laughs> yeah, no comments. No comment at all. <laughs> and she gives uh, Kel a list of instructions for this. She says, grab, uh, do you know the, the three things? Vinegar. Applesauce and a chisel and meet me at the water slide. That does sound like some old lady thing, like yeah. some secret remedy. <laughs> Come on, young man. Yep, and aw, oh, here it goes. That's that's the episode. Yeah. Cal seems nonplussed by this this old lady still bothering him. Great episode all around. I love I love the fact that the uh, the star power of Tamiya didn't overshadow the writing as a lot of our star episodes do. This might be one of our best like star episodes because it complements the story perfectly. It's woven in great like, even better than, like, Bill Bellamy was my other standard. This is way better than that. Yeah, way better. Yeah, the fact that she's singing in that she's the song that they in the dance. Yeah, great it's episode. Good. Very good. I, I Even like... though I only saw three-fourths <laughs> of the screen. Well, uh, I hope you saw uh, enough to determine, Aaron, uh, whose fault this episode was, Keenan's or Kel's. Well, Adam, this episode was definitely Keenan's fault. I would say so. It, it falls on him entirely for being very obtuse with with the, uh, with Charla, Probably- even though you can't totally blame him because he's just a kid and he's just insecure and shy and afraid and not confident or low self-esteem, but still, it's his fault. Just because uh, he did something wrong, does I mean, it's his fault. Doesn't mean that there was nothing to learn from this. That's right. And I I hope that <laughs> I, I don't think it's the case, but I hope that Keenan 
uses this information to fix his relationships better in, in the show. I would hope so. Uh, I think it gets into more complicated situations, but uh, that that's Keenan and Mikkel. Before we get into our ratings, I have a quick letter I wanted to read from a fan. Sure. So this is from Bobby. He says, uh, hey guys, I really don't want the show to end when you run out of episodes, so I want to pass along some ideas. Uh, I'd love to hear about some episodes featuring characters. Like, what if you did an episode just for Keenan or Kel or Chris? Also, episodes about settings, Rigby's, the school, the Rockwell residence. Uh, include You can include breakdowns as well as moments and facts. Uh, another idea for an episode could be about conspiracy theories. Chris's mom being a witch. <laughs> and a whole episode dedicated to that talk, Kel's origin stories, etc. Uh, thanks, Bobby. Oh, thanks, Bobby. Yeah. That's I, great. Uh, thank you so much for reaching out to us. We absolutely want to keep the show going once we run out of episodes. So we've been tossing around some ideas, uh, like, you know, the books, uh, revisiting episodes, uh, doing Keenan Cal other media. Uh, I Please, if you're a fan of our program, send us an email, KeenanCalPodcast at gmail.com, and, and tell us your thoughts on what you want us to do once we finish season four. I certainly don't want to get roped into doing Drake and Josh with Adam and Aaron. <laughs> Sorry, no, um, I, uh, I think I need a break from from a, a whole different universe. So this one, I'll I'll, I'll keep going with Keenan and Kel. I, I'm absolutely satisfied with doubling down on just Keenan and Kel. <laughs> like, like not even all that. Like just Keenan and Kel. It might bring us enough uh, enough time to really build out this uh, Keenan and Kel media kind of. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, agreed. Uh, another one that I'm sure I will, I would definitely do, especially after this episode, is take a, a shot at writing an episode ourselves oh we'll, we'll write a couple maybe we'll write a whole season <laughs> a fifth season of keenan and cow <laughs> oh wow that would be fun thank you so much for the letter bobby uh so on imdb this episode is ranked very high uh ranked number eight on the entirety of keenan and cow with an 8.1 so uh through the roof rating uh very high i i agree that this is a top episode of keenan and cow uh, what do you think, and how many bottles of orange soda would you give it? Great episode. Well written. I'm glad it touched on themes that um, young people in high school actually care about. Um, I'm glad it was written by people who are involved in the show. Uh, not to say that the normal writers aren't aren't great, but it's nice to see the connection to, to things that actually do matter, while also keeping it Keenan and Kel. So, Adam, I'm going to give this score, uh, this, this episode, a great score. Another 10 out of 10. Haven't had one in a while, but this one certainly deserves it. I am right up there with you. 10 out of 10. I I was thinking of, like, what negative parts that I, I had here. Like, you know, I Charlotte's written very differently. I think she's good, though. What she's What's written for her is, is great. It's just it's, she's not, like, the snarky version of herself. She shows a more vulnerable side, and that's another side that makes her more dimensional. So... That's not a like a bad thing. The Kel's true secret admirer thing. It's a, it's a little weird, but I'll I'll let it slide. It's more so funny than weird because this old woman is harmless. It, it's a it's a good punchline. Yeah. My my only regret is that it wasn't Ethel, that they moved to floor that they moved to California. Oh, and had to, that's true. To lose her, so. Uh, but t- ten out of ten. The episodes don't get much better than this one, so. Thank you all for joining us, and well, yeah, we recommend finding it on Daily Motion since it's not since Tamia sang her song. That's right. We will hopefully see you at our T-shirt shop, uh, T Public. You can see the link in our show notes. Coming out with the the best of Keenan and Kel parody apparel, um, and we'll also see you next week 
when we review the final episode of season three. It's finally over. Uh, season three has come to an end. The 22nd episode with poem, sweet poem, written by our favorites, or maybe not so favorite anymore because uh, <laughs> the writers this episode did so well. Uh, our our go-to crew, Kevin and Heath, directed by Kim Field, not Virgil. Yeah, let's uh, let's go back to formula and see uh, if, if these guys can... But my question is going to be, is this episode a better season finale than that one? And uh, we're, I think we're, we may have a special guest on as well. So uh, tune in and, and I can't wait to see you again. Until next time, everybody. Aw, here it goes. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. If you want to stay in touch, send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash Podcast. Our social media accounts are all at Podcast. That's Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks, everybody. Can I have a sip of your tasty beverage to wash this down? (laughs) I'm sorry.